Farm Hockey Podcast. Looking forward to this one. It's a preview of the American Family Insurance North-South Classic, which will play out at the St. Louis Park Rec Center this upcoming Friday and Saturday, 6 and 8 on Friday, noon and 2 on Saturday. You can see all the games at the Rec Center or live and online at themnhockey.tv. In this episode of the Overtime Hockey Podcast, we're going to hear from the coaches of all four teams. I'd like to remind you that the coverage of this tournament and this podcast is presented in part by American Family Insurance. You can find them at amfam.com and at Tradition Companies. That's traditionco.com. Let's get into it. First, it's going to be Lee Smith of the Eden Prairie Eagles. Here comes the biggest segment of all. We're going to bring him in, Lee Smith, the veteran coach from the Eden Prairie Eagles, as we're going to talk about his squad, who uh, are off to a nice start. Just one game in the books as they defeated the Creighton Durham Hall Raiders by a score of six to two to open the season last week. And uh, for Lee, you know, you you guys had yourself a, a really close close game there for a while, three two at one point, and then you pulled out. Uh, pulled away. What what would be the what would be the key factor to you guys pulling away in that one the third period that, that you saw? Well, I think the number one thing is that we played both ends of the rink better. I think earlier in the game uh, we were so focused on just high flying and not playing defensively very well. And as the game went on, I think uh, we we honed in on this is real hockey now and not scrimmages and we need to play better in our own zone to, to shut down, you know, the Gleason boy who's fantastic hockey player and, and also the energy that Creighton brought to our rink. So it was good. I think we, I just think we got sharper as the game went on. I think some of the jitters came out of the system. We had 10 guys playing their first game for the Eagles and that was, uh, you know, fun to watch them as as the game went on. Feel more comfortable at their own rink. So, so in terms of your team, you know, one game in the book. Some teams have played four, five, and six at this stage of the game. Is this something that you've designed on your own that you're saying, hey, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna kind of take it a little bit easy to get started here, and then we're gonna kind of get 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 moving in. And I noticed that you have a number of of series of games, whether it be North South Classic, Edina Holiday Classic. Uh, I believe you're playing in the uh, uh, the uh, Prior Lake tournament as well. So you've got a lot of back to back to back to backs. Was that by design? No question. Uh, this started way back in uh, early 2000s with the success of the football program. We wanted to move our games out as late as we can, and then we kind of got a recipe that we liked: the fact that get some good scrimmages early, and then sprinkle in a couple games and then go into some big weekends where you're forced to play a lot of guys in December and learn about, you know, not only your top gunners, but learn about the guys that are going to be the third and fourth liners as the season goes on and find out what they can do at a high school level. So come January, when you start playing late conference hockey and February, when it's playoffs, you, know what your lineup's all about 
Well, and so so then let's talk about your lineup a little bit. So uh, you, you had a great team last year that really peaked and crescendoed in that January area like you just spoke of. And, you know, I've had a couple of coaches say that you were the best team that they played from January on, from that period on when I've spoke to them. And uh, that's testament to your philosophy and how things are working. Uh, this year's team brings back a number of high-end players. I mean, you know, you, you lost a couple, but you bring in a few, and, and you've got the likes of John and Luke Middlestead. I really like Luke's game on the blue line. Uh, as a 10th grader, I thought he played like a senior. He's got a nice big frame. He's got terrific offensive skill, defends well. John is a distributor and, and, and appears to me to be like one heck of a leader. And it seems like everything kind of grows out from there when you go to the Batch Elders of the World and the Holtz, and now you bring in Blake, and you got Ben Steves who's in there now, and then all of your other defensemen. Can you talk about the depth and the character of your lineup? Well, I would say that there was no question that we were concerned after last year's loss of 12 seniors, but through the leadership of the Middlestead boys, Holty and Batchelder, they have really groomed a good culture for the kids that were coming off of a really successful JV season. And then the Bantam AA high-enders were really good. And then you bring in the fact that, you know, a couple kids moved to Eden Prairie. It really uh, put together a team that went from a concern of not having a lot of depth to a team that now we feel really strong in all areas of our game. As far as if somehow we have an injury or something comes up, we feel like we do have some guys that can step in and play and do a good job. Well, and so so when, when you talk about the overall uh, style of play from from this team, you, you've got uh, you, you pretty much have had a way you did things last year. Uh, do, do you look at that and say, you know what, you're going to fit into this box this year? Or do you as a staff say, okay, this is the personnel, these are the level of players we have, and this is what we're going to do this year? Does that change from year to year? For sure. This year's team is so much different than last year's. Last year's team was a really heavy team. And once they bought into the idea that we had to be physical and we had to uh, play for each other better and and not try to win games, you know, 5-4, but win games 2-1, then we started to really play. And this year's team is a lot more sleek and fast and uh, probably has more offensive uh, tenacity or or the ability with what they can do, some better shooters. Um, but we're not as heavy, and so teams are going to give us a run that way, and we'll have to – respond well and I think special teams will be very important for this group because I think that teams are going to really try to pack it in and so when we do get our power play opportunities I feel like if we make people pay with our skill there it's really going to put them in a bad spot. Are you, I, you know I see a lot of teams with the team speed that you have at the high school level you know, they look to seem to kind of stretch the ice a little bit uh, with those passes if they've got the correct uh, personnel on the blue line. Uh, are, are you that kind of a coach or do you like to kind of keep it a little more incremental in your execution out of the zone and through center? You know, we've always been a uh, short pass philosophy, use the boards. Uh, you know, we, we, um, we just like keeping things simple. We, we don't change a lot with that. Some of the areas we change is probably are going to open them up a little bit more creatively in our 
in their zone, but we've never really been robots. So <laughs> we kind of, we kind of just play. And again, our focus will just be to make sure that we get better at defending in our zone and from the red line to their goal line, we'll kind of let the skill and stuff take over. And I think that's why we've had a really good success of, you know, having players move on beyond Eden Prairie, but into junior college and then some NHLers because we let them play and we let them think. And, and I think they have fun doing that. So I think this year's going to be really fun. I think it'll also be frustrating at times because we also think that we can do some things that maybe we probably can do, but maybe shouldn't do. And so it'll be interesting. There'll be some give and take on that as the year goes on, but for now we're going to let them play and, and see who can play. And then we'll kind of reel them in a little bit more in January. Well, and it, let's go to the NHL comment here for a minute. And it's something that I've been talking about a lot this summer. When you look at the players that are in the league right now that have come through the Eden Prairie program, we're not talking about cup of coffee guys. We're talking about regulars that, that play. Uh, can you talk to that a little bit about uh, what is it uh, that you're seeing and in, in what you guys are doing and how these kids are getting to the next steps? No other high school program is churning out as many as you guys are, and that's a fact. Well, I just think that, number one, these kids, uh, once they see someone achieve that goal, then it becomes not only something that they can dream about that can actually happen, and I think – you know, we had some kids that are very in, internally driven, uh, you know, Casey and, and, uh, Nick Feeler and, and, uh, Nick Letty right now that are, we're not only the kind of kids that were fun to coach because they were so talented, but they were also the first ones that would ask at the end of a, a game, you know, how did I do? What could I do better? They were, they were willing to be coached. And I think we've been lucky here that, to our staff that our kids will, will listen and talk to us and we're not big yeller screamers. We try to work with them. And I think we try to let them know that our goal is to develop them. And for me, it's really exciting to not only watch, you know, what's happening in the, in the NHL with the guys that are there right now, but also to go to Notre Dame every Friday and Saturday and, and check out their box score or, or Nolan Sullivan at, you know, at uh, UNO, uh, UNO, and then uh, Louis Rail up at UMD. So to also track our guys, and now Hunter Johannes just responded; he's going to be back, and he is, you know, at American International, and they had a big win last year. So just to see our kids, you know, go on, and then they'll all come back around Christmas, and the alumni and play and scrimmage with us and stuff. I think it's. It's just really been, you know, rewarding as a coach and to see it all happen in our community. That's been really fun to watch as a as a hockey fan and in the state of Minnesota, the magic that you guys are churning out there in Eden Prairie at the community center. And, you know, from this group of players, what uh, do you like best about this group so far? It's early, but what do you like? Right. You know, to be honest, I love the way we practice right now. You know, some years you have to be the motivator and be the guy that, tries to get them to be excited to do some of the stuff in this year's group. I feel like we are really driven to get better and they work really hard or they have lofty goals. And I think um, they're just good character kids. And, and I think that that makes it fun to go to the rink and see those guys 
every day because I'm at the little elementary school. And when I get over there, it's, it's all new. And so try to make that hour and a half their best hour and a half of a day. And, and so it's, it's that part of it's been fun. You know, I just want us to make, we're a little bit ahead of schedule as far as where we have been in the past at this stage. I feel like, uh, these guys are really bought in sooner to what we're trying to do. And so, you know, just to, just not to, to have that horse get out of the race too fast and, and die at the end. We just want to make sure we stay steady and keep getting better each week. And, you know, we know through the course of the schedule we play that we're going to be forced to continue to improve. There's, you know, some tremendous teams and in our section and, we just want to give ourselves a good chance at the end. Look at you work the marathon and not a sprint. Very impressive early on in this year. <laughs> so yeah. uh, uh, another area to go to here is the, the North-South Classic. And I've, I've talked to Ken Pauley and uh, Pat Andrews and Dave Oss about this. Um, this this has been uh, year number three, and, and it, it looks like it's been really good. Not everybody's undefeated in this thing, and there's some really good teams here. Yeah, you know the focus was just to get two really good Southern teams and, and Benel and, and us have had good years, you know, together. And then to try to find a couple uh, really high end Northern teams that would be willing to, to play on it and host it. And so, you know, I called Ken and Ken was on board right away. Didn't even take a second. And then, uh, I called up to Hermantown and they were on board. And then the, I tried Moorhead and, and he wasn't as excited about the opportunity. So I went to a former Wilmer guy, Dave Oss, and he was thrilled. And, you know, it's really worked out well. Uh, you know, you travel every other year and you get a couple of good games. And for people that can come into town colleges, it's a good little thing to watch, you know, with the, the quality players for a couple of days and not have to, you know, come in and try to battle through, you know, the old Schwann's cup or, or Barger's great tournament or the prior Lake tournament that we're in, you know, you're not spread so thin. So if you're in town and it's not the holiday seasons, you can see some really good hockey for a couple of days. Well, it's great. And and what I like is the Saturday game. It's like the getaway day with the noon and two, you know, so, you know, we're not going up till six, eight, ten o'clock at night with these and these guys have the long travel schedule. So uh, it's really back to back. It's a quick turn for you guys because you play at uh, at six and eight on Friday and then noon and two on Saturday. Uh, what type of recovery stuff do you do with your team? Or do you just say, you know, let's just get some sleep and, uh, you know, get the fluids and let's go. No, we'll, we'll, uh, spend some time making sure like when we won't watch much of the, the next game, we'll watch maybe a sprinkle in a little bit of the first period, but we'll get out of there and take advantage of being at home and going and, and, uh, making sure our guys get the fluids and the food that they need to have energy the next day. But it also will force us not to live on the middle stats or Steve's or some little force us to play our bench. And, and that's a good thing. I think that's why I try to do these tournaments and some of this stuff, because it really does force me to play some guys that if it was a one night deal, I might not play as much. And this way I, 
I have to learn about him and learn, can I trust him? And, and does he want to do the right things? And, and will he play hard and compete? And so we learn a lot about our players and this weekend will be a, uh, I'm sure a really good learning curve with, with Herman, what Herman Tom will bring and that, you know, the outstate mentality that Brainerd will bring the next day. So it'll be two battles. Two, two uh, heavy teams, both of them, and uh, lots of talent on that Hermantown team and, you know, three elite league players that run Brainerd. So they're, they're bringing some uh, goods and a really good goalie. So it's going to be uh, uh, two good games. And I have a final question for you on, on that. You know, sometimes I think it's difficult when you play 25 regular season games. I mean, that, that's, that's plenty. That's fine, and I get it. Uh, but sometimes it seems as though a, a team or teams can get so caught in the result and that you, you just got to get the win, got to get the win, got to get the win. But sometimes what gets lost along the way is learning to trust that depth on your bench. How fine is that line between saying we got to get the win and we got to find out what we have? Well, I think the, or the process, the one, I mean, sorry, you know, I, right. Yeah. No, I, 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 you know, in your mindset, you want to win every game, right. But yep. at the end of the day, it don't matter. You know, it doesn't really matter this time of year. I mean, we want to, play well the kids it matters more to the kids because they follow the rankings and this and that but we've been at it long enough where we know that our expectations are just seeing the progress of improvement and if we see that and you know we made a lot of team schedule early last year uh it was like uh watching people celebrate the stanley cup over and over with some of our losses that we had and uh but we use that pain to to figure out what we needed to get better at. And our guys learned to do the things that they needed to do to win hockey games. And then, you know, we played our absolute best game, game 31 last year against Edina. Incredible. Yeah. And it wasn't good enough, but you know what we played, all you can ask is to play your best game. Right. And, and at the end of the day, that game will hurt because of the fact we lost and, and credit to Edina, but we played our best game. And, and so you feel really good about the fact that you gave yourself a, a really good chance. And I'm proud of those kids. And to me, they'll go down as champions just from where they started to where they ended. Man, you think about that game. I do. I still have a smile on my face. It was so well executed, so well played. The whole thing across the board, your team was as good as it could possibly be. Deserved to win. Even uh, Kurt Giles said that in the uh, presser. You know, uh, maybe the best team tonight didn't win, or, you know. So, uh, I mean, and I think that's a very fair statement. Now for you, uh, we're going to talk about you for a minute. Uh, how many wins do you have after the Creighton-Durham Hall game? I know, you well, know I, think, I know you know it. I know you know it. <laughs> uh, I think I'm 12 away from 500. So Okay. So there's a yeah. super cool story that I'm doing, uh, and I can't wait to do this. It's on you and Buddha, Ken Pauly. That's going to be electric. Ken is, Ken is um, six wins away from 500, and you're 12 away. So you both are most likely going to get there this year. Uh, that's a huge milestone. Um, you've been, I, I would say, uh, almost Teflon, and I, I'm going to go inside baseball a little bit here. Uh, I think that uh, high school hockey coaches have to have Teflon because there's a level of things that you take that is absolutely ridiculous, whether it be on message boards, 
whether it be in the community, and you're just a coach. That's all you do. And you've been able right. to do this for almost 30 years or 30-plus years. You've been able to chart up the wins. You've been able to churn out NHL players, junior players, college players, win state championships, go to state championships, and you keep doing it with a smile on your face. So when you watch what you've done and what you've accomplished, it's been impressive. And I will add that, uh, and let's just be honest here, you look at your youth program. How many Bantam teams do you have right now? Uh, three. Hopkins has two. And, and there, <laughs> that, that's where you're sitting right now. And let's be honest, that's right. not a lot of players. Some way, right. somehow, people uh, are drawn to you. If someone moves into Eden Prairie, they move in where there's good coaching. They move in to go play for Kenny Novak Jr. at Hopkins because he's one of the best coaches I've ever seen in anything. So what I'm saying here is this is a long-winded compliment to a long career, and it's guys like you that make high school hockey what it is today with perspective and also great learning devices and the ability to watch players go to the next level. So congratulations to you. Well, thanks, but, uh, you know, I'm going to bounce that back off with, you know, I've worked with some great coaches, and I've been lucky enough to, you know, right now I'm working with Paul Ranheim and great guy and Tom Gertis and Steve Olinger and Greg Oslickson and Mike Twilliger and, and uh, Matt Bertram. And so I've, I've been surrounded by good people. Uh, even, you know, uh, Joe Krumpetich, I shouldn't leave him out a two time captain for me, but you know, I, so I, I've, I've never been afraid to surround myself with good people and good coaches and you know, the the biggest thing I've always asked of the whoever I hire with me is that they just treat treat the kids right because uh at the end of the day that's all that matters is you know, the feeling that the kids get when they come to the rink and when they leave the rink again, my philosophy is it should be the best hour and a half or two hours of their day because they got enough other stuff on their plate, make that part where they're excited to show up. So you know, if you can do that, um, and they come in and, and are excited to be there with their buddies and with their coaches, then you're usually going to see results. And I think, you know, that's the one thing I, I think I'll always feel good about is I think I always treated my guys fairly and, and, uh, wouldn't ask anything of them that I wouldn't, you know, expect me to, and myself to do. Well, it's very clear, and great leaders surround themselves with great people. So uh, tip of the cap to you on a terrific career. Keep it going, and uh, who knows? You've got a lot of juice left in the tank. You're going to be battling Randolph, who I think is going to come away with the lead and the coaching wins. It's, he's like, I mean, that guy's a specimen. I, I mean, I know he's like not young anymore, but the guy is like in better shape than all of us. No question. <laughs> it's he's, unbelievable. Uh, I, I look forward to our matchup later in the year, but he's a great guy. You don't, Love it. you don't think I'm not looking forward to that game. You've got so many oh, great man. games that we're going to be doing from the Eden Prairie Community Center, and then you've got Benilde later on in the year. We'll be doing that one. Can't wait for that. You've got the Edina Holiday Classic. You guys are just loaded with a great schedule. And you know what? I, I thought of you the other day, and you and I have a little bit of a term. You know, I mean, there's no question that the Eden Prairie Eagles are the Stones this year. You draw the crowd. Oh. You draw the crowd. doesn't matter what you're doing. People are going to be coming around and watching, watching the Stones, which are the Eagles. Well, we better not disappoint. So, well, all that's I, all I know. Hey, hey, all eyes are on you. No pressure. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, hey, and I want to thank you, Wags, for everything you do for high school hockey and for the Eagles. And our careers have grown together. So it's been it's pretty been amazing. Fun. It's been pretty amazing. It's yeah. pretty fun. Think back to the humble beginnings of the small radio stations and stuff. So here we, <laughs> yeah. here we are now. It's just awesome. So thank you so much. Uh, great guy, uh, great coach, and I can't wait to see you here this weekend, buddy. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. We'll be back with more coming up right after this. With the Brainerd Warriors head coach, Dave Oss, who's on the bus right now on his way back after a nice little shutout over the Buffalo Bison in a sectional uh, implications-type matchup. Uh, three to nothing tonight, scored a goal each in each period. This is being recorded, of course, on uh, Monday night. And then uh, his club has another game tomorrow night as well, evening up their record now at 1-1. One and one. Dave, thanks for joining us on the bus. I'm sure the guys are really looking forward to hearing you talking about them right now. <laughs> yeah, he does thank you. Right, for sure. So you opened the season uh, at the Moorhead Sports Center with a 6 nothing loss to the Spuds, uh, what seemed like probably a month ago with, with Thanksgiving mixed in there. And then now you get back on the horse with a nice win over Buffalo. Uh, uh, how happy were you with that uh, bounce-back response by your club tonight? Well, it was good. I mean, you know, we, we had some, uh, some real battles with Buffalo the last couple of years, uh, tonight was, you know, no different. And, you know, seeing the Brissini kids the last few years, you know, you, you know a little bit about uh, what you got coming in. You know, we've really done a pretty good job against those boys uh, as, a, as a unit the last couple of years, and that's a good win. It's good to go on the road and get a win, and we better get used to it because we've got 17 of them on the road this year. So That's a lot. Uh, it's good for us. good way to start. Well, excuse me for sneezing there in the early going. I absolutely blew the uh, yeah. doors off there. I didn't. Ha- I couldn't get to the mute button because I'm kind of casual here in the studio, and I was like, oh, shoot. So I apologize for that. You, know, you do look at your schedule. You, you open at Moorhead than Buffalo, and then that's today. And then tomorrow, you see, so come home tonight. Uh, you got to get back on the bus and head to St. Cloud for one at the MAC there and then come home, and then you're you're down in the Twin Cities with uh, Benel St. Margaret's and Eden Prairie back-to-back. So, you know, to, for, for your kids, how do they manage their time, and are they doing homework right now? How's that looking for you? No, they're watching the Vikings game right now, Pete. I think I can hear some yelling in the back. So, no, they are not doing homework, and they should be, but... We didn't have school today. Their teachers did, but the kids were home. So hopefully they're, you know, they're taking care of what they need to at school. And, and uh, you know, in terms of the travel, you know, my first year here a few years back, it was, uh, it took me back to my high school days in Wilmer. And I'm sure Lee Smith could relate to this too, being a Wilmer guy, but a uh, lot of travel and, and, uh, you know, I keep thinking, man, I'm getting too old to be sitting up in the front of the bus all, all crunched up here. My hips get sore. My ankles get sore. It's to be a little bit tough. But, uh, no, honestly, honestly, it's good. I mean, it, it does, you know, it's a different feel. You know, definitely from when I was at Blaine, we used to play. We'd have to ride over to Elk River. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that'd be nothing for us now. I think our shortest trip is to St. Cloud. So... Uh, an hour is uh, is an easy trip for us, and and you know Brainerd's in the middle of nowhere, so most trips are about <coughs> hours, uh, regardless of where we go. So it becomes a way of life. Now, how many years is this for you as a, as a head coach now? 
I think this is uh, in Brainerd, uh, maybe six, and uh, I'm guessing I put me at about 20, I think, now this year. So You, you are uh, clearly, you are an elder statesman in the high school uh, coaching ranks. And, um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, but you're still a young man, we know when you look out over the years of, of how things have evolved in the game, um, you know, I, I, I'd be curious in your travels, uh, if you've seen, you know, has there been a consistency that you can say, Hey, regardless of times may change, but the people in the game don't, what areas do you see everything still being the same over 20 years of coaching? Oh, well, that's a good question. I mean, you're still dealing with, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, and uh, it keeps you young, and, and they're fun to be around. And so, you know, there's a consistency with that. And, you know, there's been some turnover in coach uh, coaches over the years. I remember when I came in, my first coaching clinic in St. Cloud, talked to Mike Randolph, and, and Blaine had just beaten Easton State Championship the year before I got there, and you know, trying to ask my cake and we scrimmage you guys and being really nervous and uptight and, uh, just as a young guy. And now Mike's, you know, a good friend of mine and a guy that I know I can call anytime and, and ask him advice and things like that. So, you know, there, there's been some consistency, I, like I said, with dealing with kids and things like that. But, you know, like I said, there's been a lot of turnover. And, and there were some tough ones, you know, for me that you know, when I left playing, made it a little bit easier because guys like Tony Sarsland, Gary Stefano, and uh, my cousin Eric over at Centennial, those guys had gotten out. And, um, you know, it was still, still fun there. It was still fun winning and, and going to state tournaments. But, you know, I, I really missed a lot of those battles with, with guys like Sars and, and Eric and, and Gary Stefano and, and, it just seemed a little bit different uh, at the time that I left than it had been. And, you know, I tell our assistants now, I mean, we had some great battles uh, over the years, some real heated stuff. But, uh, you know, I miss that. I, I One thing I wish I could do is go back in time and, and uh, you know, match up against those guys again because they all made me a better coach. Uh, and I, I, you know, was too dumb to realize it at the time. But, uh those guys were great guys and, and uh, did a lot for me in my career. What's well, really interesting uh, that, that you bring up the um, the battles and the rivalries and, and, and the coaching and, and, and the names. And, you know, it, it, I, I've talked about this with a few people. Maybe even I've, I, you know, I've had you on the 1500 ESPN shows on this topic or, or whatever we've done. But the one thing that kind of has stood out to me is in recent time is, you know, the coaching profession in high school used to be built for the guy that would be the teacher. This is supplemental income, but you're really teaching because you want to coach, right? I mean, it's, that's why right you went on. into teaching. Yep. Now now you've got guys who've got some sort of job, either it's a sales job or whatever it would be, and, and they better have a very understanding uh, manager, vice president, whoever they're working for, or be independently wealthy because I think you and I both know that the amount of time and commitment that goes into coaching a high school team is almost a full-time job. And, and I think it's, it'll, it's, it's, so you've had turnover and the turnover has gone quite kind of quote unquote into the private sector of coaches, not saying anything's wrong with them or that, but what you do learn or see is that guys can't 
keep up the pace because they got to make a living and it doesn't you know coincide like a teaching job does with coaching have you noticed that trend at all well yeah and i think a good example would be brian urich at tonka i mean we had some just some great battles with tonka when i was at lane and i always really enjoyed brian just such a nice guy and did such a good job with his kids and uh, you know, there are, I'm sure, a lot of other guys like that, too, that, uh, besides Brian, that, you know, that I, I think it can get tough to manage for some of those that are, you know, in those jobs where, you know, they're in sales or traveling or whatever. It's, I, mean, I don't care what it is. It's it's different. It's nice for us as educators to, you know, to be able to to still be involved. You know, my assistant coach here, Dave Stingram, has been doing this for over 20 years. A trainer. He's a bio teacher at, at Forest View Middle School and, and of course, myself been teaching. And then, you know, the rest of our staff, I mean, Kurt King uh, ran Tuts Bait up here in Garrison for years. And Ryan Sharp's a golf pro here in the area, which is a great job in the Brainerd area because uh, that's the golf we have. And we've got a cop on our staff and and another uh, another teacher at an alternative school, and then we've got a young guy that just graduated last year, Jack Olson, who uh, is going to be heading off to the Navy here in the spring. That's helping us out too. So we've got a pretty interesting dynamic of, of uh, coaches, and and uh, you know it seems to meld together pretty well in Brainerd. But I'm guessing if we're in the cities, it might might be a little bit different you know i think maybe life's uh, just a tad slower up here and, and allows people to you know to be involved in stuff like that and uh you know it's good it works for us and i i should mention too toby cabellabog just came on staff with us this year too with our goalies so toby's another educator and that helps as well but uh you're right pete i mean I know Lee's still teaching. I think Buddha's still teaching. Yep. And I think Patrick Patrick is as well. But I think those guys are, are becoming more and more rare. And, and uh, you know, there's something to be said about being in the building. And I changed jobs myself this year. I went to a, a working with a different different student um, than I have been in the past. But uh, I'm still in the building. And it still allows me to connect with the kids when I need to Let's talk a little bit about your club here. Uh, you know, Hayden Cruz right now is leading the way for you. You've you've got a nice little uh, blend of talent and grit from 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 what I'm gathering. And uh, I'm wondering if you could kind of talk about how that plays together and 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 what you're seeing out of your team so far, uh, two games in. Well, we do. I mean, we you know I would say we've got three really good kids. Um, that were elite league guys that, you know, are going to probably carry us. And, and then we've got a supporting cast that, that really is, I mean, a lot of these guys are brand new either as, as Panams or JV guys last year. We lost a ton last year. We had a good team, but um, we're really plugging holes right now. We've had some injuries and things like that. But quite honestly, um you know, having Cruz back helps. He had a good fall in the elite league. Uh, dynamic. Uh, he's a totally different player than he was a year ago. He struggled a year ago because I, I think um, as a Bantam here, he was able to kind of do what he wanted to do and, and had a tough time, you know, playing maybe a little bit more of a structured 
system that we had. And he's like a, like a totally different kid. He was in the national camp. And, uh, you know, the kid can play and, and speedy and can shoot. And, and, and it's just really pretty dynamic. And then we had uh, Bubba Kadolf, uh, who was a defenseman, um, played the elite league as well for Coach Oliver and really helped him, I think, just confidence-wise. He's one of our captains as a senior and uh, one of the one of the best kids I've ever coached. Just a, just a great kid, kind of kid that, you know, if we're going to be gone in the summer for a weekend, I know he can come over and house sit for us and take care of my dog and things like that. Just the kind of kid that you, you know, trust your life with. And uh, He's done a great job so far. And then the third elite league guy we had was Eric Polkamp. And, and, you know, I could sit back about Eric for 10 minutes probably. But Eric's, uh, Eric's uh, you know, and I called him in the paper here, he's, he's a freak because he is. He's 15, 15 years old right now and a 200-pound uh, man and shoots as hard as any kid I've had. And I've had some good shooters with Johnny Brzezinski and Nick Bukestad. But Eric just can absolutely uh, dart a puck and he's tough and he's got a mean streak and, um, I think is going to probably be the best defenseman I've had. And, and uh, I, I really think Eric will play in the National Hockey League at some point. And, um, been compared a little bit when I talked to Scott Oliver. He's been compared a little bit, uh, and I'm going to forget the kid's name, but the uh, young man that was a defenseman at St. Cloud State last year, the Minnetonka kid, I think he's playing the NHL now. I'm drawing blank here, but a uh, little bit of a Kind of an old school guy. Had two brothers that both were Division One players, and uh, Eric's the real deal. And, and uh, you know, so those three guys are are really, you know, probably more of the featured guys. But we've got some other guys too. Michael Lobbers, a third year guy for us, who, you know, I think probably could have played in the elite league and has had a good start for us. And Josh McLean is another big kid played football and his brother is a uh, place for the Iowa wild and he's got some good bloodlines there too. So we've, we've got some guys that can play in. And like I said, we're, we're plugging in with, um, with other kids that are, are hard nosed kids or brainer kids. They, they block shots and finish checks and work hard. And, and then to round it off, I think our goalie, Luke Seiko, is quite honestly could be one of the best goalies in the state. He struggled a little bit uh, in Moorhead, although we let, you know we kind of hung him on to dry a little bit, but tonight was tremendous and uh, really is kind of the backbone probably of our team. So we've, we've, we've got a good group of kids, and you know we're hoping we can compete next weekend. I think it'll be a little bit of a challenge. I think we're going to... You know, we're going to be better at the end of the year. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for us, I think, at times here early with our schedule. But as we go, I think we're going to get tougher and tougher. And I, you know, I don't think uh, there are going to be a lot of teams that will want to play us in Section 8 at the end of the year. Well, that's really all you look for, really. In the end, is you want to say, hey, they're a hard team to play against, and we don't want them in the first, second, or third round of the playoffs you know so so and that you know i i know that can be said true of your teams uh that i've seen over the past few years that uh they they just play a really strong game and ken Polly pointed that out 
Um, you know, they, they, they look very similar to what, what you had at Blaine, and they, they play the way you want them to play or the way you see it and with what you have. And uh, this is going to be a very interesting weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys play and uh, um, calling your games, and uh, it'll be like good old times, buddy. So uh, you guys travel <laughs> safe. And uh, with the snow that's going to fly this winter, there's going to be a lot. Uh, prayers for you guys for being safe. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. We're praying every time we jump on this bus, but uh, they said it's good. It's good for kids. It bonds us and brings us later together. And like they said, it's a, it's a different animal here than than where I was before. But it makes you, I think, appreciate things too a little bit. It's something they and you will never forget. So, um, right on. We, we appreciate your time. We'll see you in a couple of days, my friend. Sounds good, the Warriors. That's Dave Voss. We'll have more coming up right after this. We've entered into this part of the Overtime Hockey Podcast that I'm very excited about, and it's uh, a look at our upcoming event that we're going to have at the St. Louis Park Rec Center, and it's the North-South Classic. Actually, we've got a sponsor title to this one with the Red Knights. It's the American Family Insurance North-South Classic, and it features the Hermantown Hawks, Brainerd Warriors from the North, and the Benilde St. Margaret's Red Knights and Eden Prairie Eagles from the South. And we're pleased to be joined by uh, all four coaches as we'll have a little preview segment of all of these teams and what a great weekend it's going to be. So we're going to open up first with the Hermantown Hawks and uh, head coach Pat Andrews in his third year as Hawks coach. And Pat, you know, uh, this is the third year this whole thing's come down the pipe with the North-South Classic. So thanks for joining us on this snowy uh, snow day that you're having up in Hermantown. Yeah, it's pretty crazy weather. Um, you know, usually when they predict these huge snow events, that never really comes to fruition, but it absolutely did. It was, uh, I was digging out all day yesterday, and the roads are still bad up here, so they canceled school again. So it's a six-day weekend for us. I, it's, after a while, you want to get to work. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of going stir-crazy today. I got some more shoveling to do, but when we don't have school off, we're technically not allowed to practice, so... Uh, we had school off Wednesday because we had about eight inches, and the boys did captain's practice. And now we have school off today, so we'll have to do captain's practice again. So it's been weird that way. Uh, luckily, we were able to practice on Thanksgiving, and then we played wise out of Friday. So I've been around them, but it, it's weird. Well, let's get into that. You're 2-0 and on the season. You beat wise out of the other night, and, uh, you know, you, you have to rely on your captains with this weather. Uh, talk a little bit about your group and uh, how comfortable are you with them running the show here this uh, this snowy uh, Monday that we interview? <laughs> they do a great job. Um, they had a really good practice on Wednesday when we had a snow day, and they'll do a good job again today. I mean, they're uh, awesome. Blake Biondi is a hell of a kid and a great leader and just – um, you know, we're fortunate to, that he wanted to come back and try to make a run of things and win a state championship with his buddies he grew up with. And so he had a lot of opportunities that everybody knows about and national development team and juniors and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, he wants to try to win a state championship. So we're pretty fortunate. So he's a great guy. And two other senior leaders and Drew Sams and Indio Dowd, they do a really good job with our guys. And we have uh, six other seniors. So uh, we got a lot of older guys that have been around and know the deal. We're pretty fortunate that way. Well, and you guys opened up with a 5-2 win over Eveleth Gilbert uh, at home and then had another game against Wyzetta 4-3. Your Saturday mm-hmm. game at Lakeville South was uh, postponed because I-35 was closed down, as you were telling me, so you're going to have to move that one to sometime in February. But when you look at where this team is at and how they're playing right now, I mean, it's tough, it's tough to say after two games. You know, Wyzetta is a very heavy 
hard team to play against, as we all know, and they're very structured. Um, are, are, are you pretty happy with where your team's at right now? And if so, can you kind of talk about the areas of strength that you're seeing on this club? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I would say is, one, I just, I'm really impressed with our team compete so far. Um, we were up against it. Eveleth has a 15 seniors or something, coach is telling me. Pretty good team. They have a ton of old guys, and they're good this year. They have a good goalie, and uh, we outshot them something ridiculous, but we couldn't buy a goal, and it was 2-2 two to two late, you know, midway through the third period, and we just couldn't buy one, and uh, again, Blake Biondi stepped up and made a, you know, Lund made a great play to him, and Blake did what captains do and scored, and then the momentum shifted. We got three there in the last five minutes, so but that was a tight game, and we showed a lot of resolve. And then against Rizzo, the same thing. I was so impressed. I one the other thing I'm impressed with is our team speed. Um, I thought we were faster than Wyzetta the whole night, and uh, but we again couldn't score well. And uh, we were up two to one for most of the game, and then with about nine eight minutes left in the third, they scored two quick ones about 30 seconds apart. And I was like, holy Christ, how are we, we you know we've played great, and now we find ourselves down. And again, there was no panic. And I think that's a huge thing to have in nine seniors. No one panicked. And uh, it took to the three-minute mark. We tied it. And then 30 seconds later, we went up. And so I guess the two things I've been really impressed with is our team compete. No one's panicked. Um, We've been in tough spots already in two games. And guys have just done a great job um, finding a way. And then our team speed so far. We've played with great speed both on the forward end of things and on the D end. Our gaps have been really good for this early in the year. Um, so that's exciting. How about special teams? You know, a lot of coaches this time that you don't touch it, you know, because it's, let's just get our identity squared away. Let's get our chemistry down. Let's get our line combos to where we want them. And then we get into special teams. What's your approach with that? Um, we kind of just try to throw everything at them and just build and build and build. I think, um, obviously, I, I mean, I agree. We are trying to find who we are and we're working on a lot of, you know, basic systems and practice, but we just kind of introduce it week one and then just slowly start building. Um, we haven't had much work. I think we had one power play to seven penalty kills against YZ or something stupid like that. So, um, we didn't really get much work on that one. We were all for there and we have not scored a power play goal, but we haven't had much to, sh- we've only had, I think three legit power plays. So, uh, but the penalty kill has been great. I think we've given up one power play goal. So um, that's been good. But, yeah, we just kind of – we we introduce it right away, um, and then we just continue to work on it and build on it. And um, I think – you know, I think we, we practice a lot of two-on-ones. We practice a lot of, you know, a lot of that two-on-one compete and creating two-on-ones, and really that's all power play is. So – we do a lot of just power play work too. Don't get me wrong, but every day in practice, we're working on the fundamentals of what power play is. So um, I, I think our guys, they know the basics and we'll just keep trying to tweak things. And, and then when, when you, when you look ahead to, you know, you, you think about, you mentioned Blake Biondi in the open about being such a great leader. And, you know, I think in the state of Minnesota, everybody always kind of roots for uh, players that have options that are thrown their way. And uh, it seems as though more often than not, players are staying in Minnesota high school uh, hockey. And I don't know if I've seen a kid that hasn't made Blake's decision uh, be impacted negatively by doing so. I've seen kids get neg- negatively impacted the other way, probably a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you have a, a natural-born leader that, that draws attention to, to your hockey club, meaning you're always a top three, top one type team in the uh, Class Single A and compete very strongly with the Class 2A teams. With that, 
you have the target on your back, having uh, been to the state tournament so many times, you know, in a row uh, last year, with the exception. But you, you're still ha- you're still Hermantown. You're still the Hawks. When these kids grow up in the youth program, um, they're very competitive. But something switches, and there's a switch that goes off with your hockey club at the high school level. Can you kind of what happens there? I mean, it's it's a big where you guys really turn it up a couple of extra notches. Can you explain what that is and where that comes from? I don't know. I I mean, you know, I do think that we just have great levels of compete at our high school level. Um, And I think the fundamentals of these kids at youth are what give us this tremendous success at high school. And you can't have one without the other. I mean, we are so fortunate. We have an unbelievable youth program. So many great, talented people there. Um, You know, people ask, like, how involved are you in all those things? And and I don't have to be hands-on. I I know the coaches. I'm at the rink a lot. My own kids are in the youth program. I coached Bantams for 10 years, but I know what they're doing works. Yeah. And the biggest – the biggest thing that, you know, we ask of our youth coaches is make sure the kids compete. And the fundamentals and all those things, are they're taken care of. Um, but our kids spend so much time rink ratting outside and, and learning the skills of hockey. And so when they come to us, they're ready to go. And then our biggest thing is teaching them, really pounding into them the level of compete that's necessary at the high school level. Uh, and I think Coach Plant instilled that when he was there and we're trying to do the same thing. Like we really, really try to, to push these guys every day in practice because the level is huge. Like you said, we tend to get everyone's best game, whether it's a or double a, yeah. I, I think teams get up to play us. And, um, and then to, to add to that, when you're talking about Blake coming back, there's kind of two questions there. I think what you've seen in Minnesota high school hockey in the last five years, six years is a pushback to this um, leave early mentality. I think there's been some premier players that have shown that you can stay a Riley Tufty, Casey Middlestadt, our own Dylan Sandberg. These are high end draft pick first, second round kids that have stayed their senior year, stuck it out with their buddies and have tried to do something special. You know, Casey won to win the state championship. He lost that heartbreaker there, but I don't think I I'm sure I've never talked to Casey about that, but I'm sure Casey would tell you he wouldn't trade that for anything. And I think it's worked out pretty darn good for the kid. Uh, I know Dylan wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, he won a state championship his senior year, scored the game winning goal in overtime. I mean, and all the kids done since has won two more national championships, you know? So I, I just think, I think people are seeing that every, every situation is different. If a kid feels they have to go, they do, but I don't think there's a need to go. And I think there's X factors and things that you learn by coming back your senior year and having a C on your chest that you can't learn elsewhere. And, and I think Blake's seen that too. Well, and I mean, you, you you can even take this discussion back a little bit into the youth programs. Let's go all the way back to it. Like, let's say even the squirt age, and and you've got a player that maybe is a, a bubble uh, B to A player um, who may be disappointed that he's a B player that year, uh, or a bubble C to B player, right? And uh, yep. they, they're the best player at that age level. You have to learn how to be the best player on the ice. You have to learn how to be a goal scorer. You have to learn how to lead uh, in the room, out of the room. And all of those things come along with being one of the better players. I think sometimes it's so easy for people to say, well, yeah, if you go to this junior level or if you make this A team, you're suddenly that that anoints you as being better. I think you have to score and dominate at a level where you really dominate before you can go to the next level. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something to be said for that. I think there's something big to be said about that, actually. I think, 
we're in such a hurry to accelerate kids. You know, you know, you have a star peewee, well, they should move up to BAMs. You have a star Bantam, well, that ninth grader should play high school. And we've kind of stuck to our guns with that. And our best Bantams have played Bantams. Um, we Zam Plant right now is a Bantam in our Bantam AA team. Could he play high school for us? Absolutely. But he's having a heck of a year. He's having a blast. He's got a C on his chest. He's learning how to be a leader. Yep. So that way when it comes to us, he, he knows those roles and he knows how to do that. And I think that gets overlooked. I, I really do. We're in such a fast-paced society where everything has to just go, 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 go. And my kid's here, so and then he should be here. And I think you've got to enjoy the level you're at, dominate the level you're at. And if you're really that good, show us that. And the same thing for our high school program. We have a couple of seniors right now that play two years of basically strictly JV hockey to play one year as a senior and they stuck it out and they've worked hard and now they're getting rewarded for that. And, and I just think there's something that to be said about paying your dues and learning your role. And if your role is a stud and you're the leader and you're the best kid on the ice, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I think it's really good for a kid to learn how to be a goal scorer and learn how to be on the power play 40 times and penalty kill and, and do those things versus being a ninth grader coming up to high school and bouncing around between third line, maybe seeing power play, maybe not. And then you can take that all the way down to squirts, peewees, bantams. I, I think we see, I just, I don't know. I think people are really in a hurry to go somewhere. And really there's a reason why you play two years at each level. And I think it's one to get used to the speed and your second year, hopefully to start mastering that speed and, and have success. And, and I, and I think there's something to be said for that. Well, ideally you do want the game to slow down because it's, a lot, it's a lot more fun. You can be more productive if you have that 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 experience. And you know, there's something to be said that's really interesting. What you brought up, Pat, about the two-year JV players. You know, back in the day, I mean, we're talking 70s, 80s. You know, you used to have the midgets, which were ninth and tenth grade, and then you know, so some tenth graders would play JV. A lot of eleventh grade. A lot of guys didn't get to the varsity levels until they were seniors. You know, which you weren't just mm-hmm. anointed the position because you were a super phenom freshman. And, uh, you know, that, that was signed by the University of Minnesota when you were five, you know, so so <laughs> instead, instead, it's, you know, it's 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 what you really said that makes a lot of sense is you have to earn your stripes. There's nothing wrong with paying your dues. And, and you know, you, you, you work your way up the ladder. Now, there's the rare instance where a guy is just absolutely insanely good. But that's I think absolutely. you would agree with me. Incredibly rare. Yeah, I think it is. And I just. I don't know. Every situation is different. And I'm not like a hard and fast black and white, you know, absolute rule every time guy. But at the same time, I just think there's tremendous value in letting kids grow and and be successful at the level they're at and, and be a star and be a stud and what's wrong with that. And, and I just don't, I, I I can't quantitate it. Like there's no way to quantify learning leadership. That doesn't show up in a stat book. It doesn't, you know, but, I think it's there and I think it's hard. And I think we, I think we just expect kids know how to be leaders. And I don't think that's true at all. I think they have to learn that. And if you're constantly accelerating, you don't get a chance to learn that and you never get a chance to be that guy. And I think that's important. Well, you know, they just had that the, a piece on the athletic I was reading about uh, Miko Koivu, and and he was pointing out some people that made a big impacts on his career. You know, he's been what an eleven year captain here in Minnesota out of his fifteen years, and he learned from Brian Ralston, who's 
you know, his locker was right next to. And you want to talk about one of the great leaders in the NHL. That was one of them. And, you know, so at that level, you know, you come in and you got to learn from from the veterans around you. And the same thing happens at the youth levels as well. Um, let's let's downshift for a second real quick. A couple more minutes here on this segment. Um, you know, this North-South Classic, uh, can you give me what your opinion and feelings of the weekend have been for you over the first two years now we move into the third? Oh, it's been great. And, you know, I was fortunate I stepped into this. This was something that Coach Plant had worked out because he had a great relationship with um, Buddha and, and Coach Oss and, and Lee. And so um, when I took over, this was something that he had on the schedule. And he's like, you know, this is a good deal for us. And I'm like, it is a great deal for us. I mean, these are three premier programs in the state. And for us to get, you know, on the schedule, EP and, and Benilde, for four years guarantee is pretty awesome. So I, I just thank those guys for that opportunity first and foremost, because they wouldn't have to play us. And, and I appreciate that. And, and I think we've given them good games over the years and the hockey's outstanding. It's a great beginning of our season. It's a great test to see where we're at. Um, they're always great programs, good teams, and we've had mixed results. Like we've, I think the first year we lost both games in overtime. And then last year we beat EP and lost to Benu in one goal game each. So you know, we've had it's been it's been really good experience for us, I guess. Um, last year, Brainerd hosted it; they did a great job. Eden Prairie hosted it the year before; did an awesome job. So, you know, it's a pretty fun event, and it's and our kids love it. Um, the overnight is good bonding for our boys, and and it's just a really fun weekend all around. It is, and all the games are different, you know, and and uh, every team has had their wins in there and, and, and have done some things. And, you know, I haven't seen Dave's team up in uh, Brainerd yet. Looking forward to seeing what he has to uh, bring down again. And uh, we always know that they're going to be skilled and gritty, kind of a combo. But with Benel St. Margaret's and Eden Prairie, it's it's a very interesting, you know, they're, they're you know, top three-ish type teams in the AA. Um, Eden Prairie, um, th- they can do one of two things. They can go and push tempo or they can pull the game back. You know, but what I've always noticed over the past couple of years um, is that the Eagles have kind of they can go fast or they can they can play whatever game you put in front of them and I, I think for you that becomes a tricky game. Oh, absolutely! Are you kidding me? They were good coming into the year and now they've added three Division One talents as well. You know, so they are ridiculously good. I mean, that's going to be a fun challenge for us. We're excited for that Friday night. I mean, that's just. That's going to be a great challenge for us. We're up for it. I think it'll be fun. Um, we're going to have our hands full. They're, they're loaded. They, you know, they have three lines and six D that can all go and they always play fast. Um, you know, we've had great battles with them over the years and they're, they're as good as they've been. So they present all kinds of challenges and headaches for us going into Friday night. And we're just going to have to try to find a way uh, to match that. Um, I think we are, like I was saying before, I'm excited by our team speed um, and we'll just we're gonna have to use that for sure uh, on Friday night to try to keep the pace because they're gonna push the pace. And in the past, Eden Prairie, like you're saying, can play physical too. Um, we start banging and throwing the bodies around, and they don't back down for that, you know. So um, I think it'll be a fun game. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, and then Benilde St. Margaret's, they have uh, maybe four of the best well-rounded defensemen. Uh, Nate Schweitzer's the real deal. Uh, but they've got some really, really good forwards, too, with some talent and skill. Uh, they love to get the bo- a puck off the end boards and move it up ice. And 
they're going to push a tempo. I think that's going to be really good for your team too. And what I what I, I clicked when you when you said you're really pleased with how quick they played against Wyzetta, you've got me all jazzed up to call that one. I can't wait to announce that game between you two guys. That should be a track meet for sure. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're always so well coached, um, and they play with tremendous skill and speed. I, even last year, they beat us. It was a great game, and. And coach was telling me how young they were. And I was like, if you're young and you're this good already, my God, they're going to be good in the future. And they just kept getting better last year. I mean, they, the way they move the puck as a unit and, you know, they, they're in those red and white jerseys. It's like you're playing the Russian red army for crying out loud. You know, they're just, they, they, they move the puck as a five man unit so well. So I can only imagine after another year experience, almost their entire team back from last year, how good they're going to be. And, there's no doubt. I mean, both these games for us are going to be a blast. Um, like I said, we're, they uh, both teams present challenges in different ways uh, for us. But at the same time, I really like how we're playing. And, you know, at the end of the day, if we come out and compete, which I know we will, but that's, you know, we're going to have to bring it. And if we do that, I think there'll be two great games uh, either way. And, you know, our schedule, we start out pretty tough. You know, we, we have Wyzetta and South, and then we have these two games. And, and it's a great way to start the season for us, just to see where we're at and, and to see who's ready for top-end high school hockey. So uh, I'm just excited for the weekend. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's been a great weekend for us uh, the first two years, and I'm sure this year will be the same. Yeah, Pat, one final question for you uh, from my 30,000-foot view. It's never easy to fill in, or not fill in, but fill the shoes of a personality as big and grand in hockey, in high school hockey, as Coach Plant had. Uh, Bruce was an absolute legend, as we all know, and uh, he had a way with the media where he would work his angle. You know, obviously, that's that's one caricature that's been created from the coaching sp- spot at, at Hermantown. From your perspective, when you, you've come in, I've watched you be able to completely make this yours. And, you know, if you could share a little bit about how that's been following in his footsteps, yet making it your program at the same time while respecting the great things he's done. Oh, that's a, that's a heck of a question, Pete. Um, first, thank you for the compliment. I've tried very hard to, you know, continue his legacy. And like I told you, with, when it comes to compete, that's the one thing that Coach Plant was unconditional about. It didn't regardless how you played or whatever happened, you competed. And, and so that's, that's still our message. And I, and I hope that comes through. We forecheck hard, we play fast and I think we're hard to play against And, and so anytime someone says that, I'll take that as a compliment, but I think the biggest thing, and it hasn't been easy all the time, but it's just sticking to my guns and being me. And, and I think kids recognize when you're genuine and when you're being you and they recognize right away, if you're trying to be something you're not. And so Right away from the beginning, all I could do was be me, right or wrong. Um, and I've made mistakes along the way, like anybody. But I've also, I've been able to sleep at night because I think I've done what what I think is right for our program. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Coach Plant. He's my high school coach. I consider him a great friend, and you know he's been super supportive of me too, and, and that's been so helpful. Um, but he told me that too. He's like, you just have to be genuine. You have to be you. And, and if you learn anything from coach plant, it's that you have to be genuine. Cause like you said, his personality at the media, well, all that's just him. Mm-hmm. That's just his genuine feelings. And if you ask a question, you're going to get a genuine answer. And, uh, and so I've tried to be that way with the boys. Um, you know, obviously we have different styles and approach to things, but I've tried to be me and, and, and just in, and let, 
my passion for Hermitown hockey and, and what I truly believe is important come through. And it's worked well, you know, we obviously haven't had, had the success last year that we were hoping for, but at the same time, we had a great season last year. And, and I think our team played tremendously well. And, and this season I'm super excited. We're off to a good start and, and we're just going to keep keeping our nose down and, and playing our game. And, and I think every night if we come and compete with the guys we have in the locker room, I think we'll put ourselves in a chance to win. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. That really is all you can ask for. And, you know, the, the uh, things that you said would prove to be terrific advice for any young coach trying to uh, get into the game and coach. I don't care what level it is. It's about be yourself. And, you know, yours is amplified because it was such a big personality that you're you're feeling and you're doing a terrific job of it. Obviously, the, the program is in really good hands. And uh, tip of the cap here from all of us in the high school hockey world, Pat, you're doing a great job. And looking forward to seeing you this weekend at the North-South Classic. We'll be streaming all of the games on the MNHockey.tv. So we're excited to bring it to another level this weekend and look forward to seeing you well i appreciate the time pete anytime i can talk about our program i'm more than happy and thanks for the compliments and uh, hopefully we put on a good show this weekend i have zero doubts you'll put on a show you'll be right on the money all right pat thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot pete. all right we'll be back with more yep. coming up right after this we continue our series of interviews of the four coaches at the North-South classic featuring the benilde st margaret's red knights brainerd warriors the hermantown hawks and the Eden Prairie Eagles. I mean, you, you can't get a, a more uh, classic lineup than that. You've got two top three, top t- top one, two type teams in Eden Prairie, Benel St. Margaret's. You've got one of the top teams in the uh, Class A, 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 a classic group. And uh, Ken, thanks for joining us here. I just want to talk a little bit about this upcoming uh, weekend, the American Family Insurance North South Classic from the St. Louis Park Rec Center. Your team now hosting, this being the third uh, year. You guys have like a four-year deal on this, right? And then are you going to reevaluate? What's going on with this thing? Yeah, I think when everyone entered into this uh, three years ago, Wags, we um, we all you know basically made the commitment that we'd go run with four years with this group and that everyone would take turns uh, hosting the event, and then we would, uh, you know, then we'd re- reevaluate where we're um, – where we're at so it's been uh you know it's been fun and then next year we'll go up to hermantown and uh you know we'll see where we're at um you know after that this was lee smith's idea a few years ago and and i like it because they're teams that we normally wouldn't play during regular season in terms of hermantown and brainerd so it's, it's a nice nice combination and as you said there's uh, uh it, it, it's it's a it's a strong field uh you know eden prairie is always one of the top teams in the metro um you know, we're always somewhere in the conversation. Hermantown, you know, is one of the best teams up north, and uh, and I think Brainerd's become relevant with David Oss there. So it's uh, it's it, it's a great chance to uh, it's a great chance to watch all, watch the teams, and it's a nice showcase. You know, Dave Oss has done a nice job there, and his teams will always play with some grit and toughness. And I think it's really good for your teams to uh, have to work through some space and, and create more time and space for your your offensive flow. And I, I don't think they're going to make life easy on either you or Eden Prairie. They've got some tough hombres on that team, as uh, Dave would like to say. Can I say that word or do, or do I, am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, you really do get two, two different, two different looks. You get the, uh, again, I think, you know, Brainerd, um, you know, Brainerd has a lot of Dave's personality in it. They're just, again, they're tough, great. They're not going to give you give you a whole lot and that's the way they played when he was at Blaine. I think that's the way they play at Brainerd. And uh, you know, Herbert Town's fun. I like the way Pat coaches those kids. They 
you know, they like to run up and down the ice. And so we've had some really great games with them over the years. So we're looking forward to this. You know, the one thing Pat Andrews talked about was uh, the thing that he grabbed from Bruce Plant was it's all about compete. And, uh, you know, there's things that you can't control and things you can't control. And one of the things you can't control is your compete level. And, you know, another, you, you always hear the term hard to play against. They're just teams like that that don't go away and and they really make you earn your every stripe. And I think that's good for teams in the early going to go through those things because, you know, you talked about the playoff atmosphere that you had with the Edina game and, and getting that and, you know, you try to replicate that. And you kind of get that kind of style of play from teams like this, which I think in the early going can help you really make your point to say, hey, boys, this is how it is. Not everybody's going to be flying around wanting to dangle, dangle, dangle. They're going to make your life difficult. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you better, you better not get too comfortable with a um... – you know, with a two goal, you know, two goal lead or even a three goal lead, because they will, um, they will keep, they will keep coming, and uh, and that's that's very much a, uh, um, you know, that that's very much a, a, a sectional type, you know, scenario. Um, you're just not going to blow teams out, and and I don't think that's going to happen this weekend either. Let's talk a little bit about your club. You've been off since uh, a week ago. We're recording this on Monday night. It's been a week since you've played a game. You came out of the box three and four. Um, how's practice been? And do you feel like you're getting the right, uh, right feel out of these guys? Do you feel like they're getting better and better every day or where do you sit right now? Or do you need a game? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, with, uh believe me, I think everyone's itching yeah. <laughs> to get a game. It's like you start and then you stop and now we're going to start again. And it, it feels like, uh, Edina seems like a million years away with the holiday in there. Yep. So, um, you know, I, um, I, I like the I like the time off from the standpoint of the kids, you know, skate so much in the fall. Uh, so it really was, it really was a nice built-in break there, right at the beginning. And we have a few bumps and bruises, so the timing wasn't too bad. But uh, but you know what? It's it's nice to get into a routine where you're practicing two or three times and you got a game, and two or three times and they have a game. So we're looking forward to getting back into that routine. Uh, but I would tell you, there's just a lot we need to work on. So it's, uh, you know, both, you know, the coaches and players all know that we need this time. And so um, it's, it's been valuable. We're too, we're too much on the front end for anyone to be uh, too sick of it yet. (laughs) You know, and this is an interesting part of the year for every team because, you know, you hear that word identity bounced around and, you know, a lot of teams, you know, that, that are like yours that are younger, that, that are together and come in, you kind of already know what yours is and now you can run with it. Uh, with what you guys are, um, do you feel as though uh, you're set on what what you are as a group, or do you think there's things that you'd like to see different that way? Um, I, I think we've um, seen that we have so few people come back from last year. I think we're pretty, in terms of the roles and all those things, ways. I think we're, I think we're there um, from that standpoint. Um, and in certain, in terms of systems and the rest of that, we're you know we're nowhere near where we need to be. Yeah. But, in, in terms of our identity um, and what the roles are, um, I think that's that's one of the advantages of, of having everyone coming back from the year before. Um, I don't think there's a ton of question marks there. Um, not and now it's just a question of okay, let's uh, let's get our systems down, let's get everyone on the same page with special teams and all that stuff. Well, and you know, you and I have talked special teams on Polly's podcast a few times, and you know, we know it's so important. Um, when you, I'm just curious to know when when you approach your special teams, how do you build your units? What are you looking for? I mean, some guys seem to like want to run a line out and just say, okay, that's our first unit. 
do do you mix and match? How do you approach your uh, the chemistry that you build on your power play units? Well, I I think you um, I I think the ideal is you like to keep lines together. Uh, just it just makes things a heck of a lot easier. Um, but at the end of the day, you just need to get the five guys who work best in that because it's like you, we talk about roles. There's roles on the power play, and your role on the power play might be different than your role on the line. And I know last year our power play was you know, had some struggles, and one thing that really helped it um, was when we moved Jonah Mortensen there on a full-time basis, and it gave us some net front presence and some grit in the corner, which we were lacking. And mm-hmm. that really helped our power play, you know, take off. And, and right now we've been slow starting because we just need to talk about identity. We need to kind of settle in with a power play, uh, power play identity, you know, in terms of who the shooters are and stuff like that. And, 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 and right now we're, um, uh, you know, we're, we're not anywhere near where we're supposed to be, but that that's okay. It's uh, it's December 3rd. Do you think Nate Schweitzer has the ability to be a legit goal scorer at the collegiate level with the way he can uh, handle himself uh, with shooting angles and shooting the puck? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, and I think that, uh, you, you know, again, he's going to, um, you know, you know, I think Colorado college is a team that likes to get the defenseman involved. They certainly, wouldn't have uh, given a kid like Nate Schweitzer scholarship or even Tristan Sarsland for that matter. Um, they like having guys up the ice. And so I think in the, you know, the way the game's uh, evolving, if you will, it's not just about, you know, kind of a four man rush, but it's also about that D, you know, jumping into, you know, jumping into the cycle. Um, you know, once you set in your, your offensive zone of attack and, uh, and, and, and Nate certainly has that ability for sure. Well, we're going to be watching that. I, I kind of did that to uh, prelude what we can watch for because I think your special teams are going to be on uh, display. If you play a couple more physical teams, you might get some power plays along the way. So we're going to watch for Nate Schweitzer. So I'm just saying, yep. I, I mean, I there, there's there's always a method of the madness here, I suppose. I'm just kidding you. So, um, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the truth is, is it's a great weekend. I'm looking forward to calling all four of those games and, we're going to pull out all the stops with what we do. We're going to have a great weekend with everybody. And uh, hopefully you guys after year four can look at each other and say, hey, this has been great, and let's keep going. And, and, and maybe uh, someone says, oh, we're going to drop out. But, you know, the other three say, let's grab someone else. So hopefully you guys can do it. it, it it's a lot of fun. and it's, it's a, it, it, it feels like it's the official start of the year whenever we do this. Yes, it will be, um, be fun. And you're right, you get uh... – Got a, late, a lot of games to call, so rest those vocal cords away. I will. I can't be doing ten UB two girls games from the cake eater like I did yesterday, Buddha. I went absolutely nuts because the crowd is so. <laughs> it's the. I mean, the crowd is so engaged, and I can just go like I treat it like an NHL game. It's priceless. So now listen to me. I got to have a lozenge. It's terrible. So. Anyway, uh, I appreciate your time. I know you're tired. You've been grinding and working hard. So uh, uh, get after it. We'll see you this upcoming weekend, my friend. All right. Thanks, Wade. Have a good night. Well, that concludes our show. Thank you once again to Tradition Companies. That's traditionco.com to check them out at American Family Insurance. You can check them out at amfam.com. We'll have another big show coming up for you next week. Don't forget, we're going to be live from the Sensors, Joe Sensors in Bloomington from 10 until noon. We're going to have our original six teams in the house. We're going to get more into that. And uh, be sure to join us there or online as we'll be streaming it from the MN Hockey TV. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.